0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash local. Hello and welcome this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Well, the teams are set The 2023 Ryder Cup. Team Europe, Captain Luke Donald made his squad's six wildcard picks on Labor Day Monday. Those six guys, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Sepp Straka, Nikolai Hogard, and yes, one Ludwig Aberg. Rex, we are coming off perhaps the most commented and viewed video ever. On our YouTube channel, people really apparently like talking and discussing the Ryder Cup. I doubt we'll get as tempestuous in this episode as one uh, (laughs) iTunes commenter pointed out. Uh, But I do think there
0: is a little bit to chew on with these six captains picks. Wouldn't you agree? I do. I want to go back to last week because you're right. If we if you kind of go through the feedback that we got, and we appreciate all of your feedback. But this one kind of came across and we've tried to make this clear before. We, we actually do like each other sometimes. Like we're getting into fantasy football season and that's probably going to change just based on the idea that you're already a pain in the butt. Like I'm already tired of you being in my fantasy league with my sons because all you want to do is complain about the draft order. All you want to do is complain about, oh, well, why is it a snake draft? Why don't we have 12 teams? That's the only time I think we're really going to get nasty. What happened last week? It was not performative because I think we can both agree that specifically when. It oh, came down to- I generally believe JT is the no. right pick. No, and and I think I want to go back and I'm just I just want to revisit this because there was so much comment uh, on it. I I think it's important to point out that history is going to decide which one of us are right, which captain is right. And I, I think it's going to be fun sort of breaking down because I think Luke sort of backed himself into a very similar corner that Zach Johnson did last week with some of his, or with one of his picks specifically. JT could end up coming out and going five and zero, oh and the United States could lose. And it's not going to matter if the United States loses, it's all going to be on Zach's back. JT could come out and go zero oh and five and the United States wins. And it's, that's not going to be on his back either. This is a win. This is very, very easy. This is wins and losses. That's all it comes down to. And we can sit here and pick it apart. I think we did a good job last week, it, both making our comments. But ultimately, this is just going to be a pass fail. That's what this is. Someone asked me on a radio interview earlier this week about, you know, what what's the best case scenario for Zach Johnson? Win. That's it. Like, there's nothing else. You're not. When are you going to come home with with some sort of symbolic victory? Just win. I mean, there's no. Yeah, there's no silver
1: linings when it comes to the to the Ryder Cup. If you've got one of the most stacked American teams ever and you're trying to win for the first time in three decades overseas. Yeah. I, th- I think victory is the only acceptable uh, form or result that you're you like actually you, though, looking though? for. You
0: like me, right? You didn't back. Me yeah. Back. That. No, you're I like think,
1: you, yeah, I think, I think most of the times, I, I mean, I still would still quibble with the fact that we don't have 12 teams. I don't know why we're not getting the draft order until an hour ahead of time. You can just go on Google and do a random draft uh, generator. Uh, I don't know why we wouldn't do an auction draft, but these are all besides the point uh, two wide receiver slots. Look, we can go and we'll, and we'll talk about this uh, later on in the podcast. As a, as it pertains to to last week's episode, you and I do not read Twitter comments. We are we are, we do not define our opinions based on them. Those are genuinely you, what but, you what, what I what I believe. We we like to see them afterward, and I think it's it's reflective of what the general public thinks about this. And I think it's pretty clear that Justin Thomas was not a popular pick among fans for that Ryder Cup team. People and people keep throwing out the word deserved. Keegan Bradley deserved to be on that team. Justin Thomas did not deserve to be on the Ryder Cup team. I think in hindsight, we're conflating the fact that the Ryder Cup is not supposed to be an all-star team. It's not a Pro Bowl squad. It's not an all-NBA team. This is not the players who are the most deserving to be on the team. This is Zach Johnson's opinion of the 12 best Americans to do the job. And that is to go over and when, if he was just going the 12 best players for the calendar year, you would just go straight down the point standings. And for a while, that's, that's what they did, or at least close to it. He's trying to come up with the best team, the team that likes each other has the best camaraderie has the best pairings um, kind of can, can get in the best flow. And clearly Keegan Bradley was not the missing piece. And that according to the captains, According to the vice captains, according to the players on that team, J.T. fits a piece, being the heart and soul of that squad, that no one else could bring him. And I think that's, I think that's where people are getting confused. Like, it's this isn't voted on by, you know, the Associated Press writers around the country. It's not voted on by by fans. It's not voted on by coaches and GMs. Like, this is the captain's, this is the captain's team, and these are twelve best Americans that he wanted, not necessarily twelve most deserving players.
0: And I don't think anybody, certainly, I wasn't trying to debate that last week. And I just think it's interesting now because you look at Luke's picks and you could essentially say that Shane Lowry is his JT. Like for all the the wrong reasons, you can go down the list of why Shane probably should not have been a a pick for this team. The most important is all you have to do is look at his world ranking. Since the beginning of the year, he's lost 17 spots in the world ranking. He simply has not played well. He didn't make it to the PGA Tour playoffs. He tried to add another event on the European tour last week. He ended up missing the cut. He's just not playing well, but it's obvious if you look at the makeup of the team that he fits into some pairings easily. He, you can pair him probably with Rory pretty easily. And based on the people that he has around him, uh, I think Luke feels confident with that. But And I'm not even going to sit here because I, I realized as I was sort of researching it this morning, this, if, if this came down to a pick, if the uh, conversation between Shane Lowry and Adrian Moronk. And I think you could probably make a really good argument for Adrian Moran for a lot of reasons and we can get into those. My argument last week was based entirely on the statistical profile of what Marco Simone is going to be about the type of player that at least if you go to the experts, they say that you need to bring this type of player to this golf course. It's going to be a lot like Paris was Le Golf National four years ago. Adrian Moran doesn't fit into that category. If I kind of go down his stats, he's not the kind of player that I would probably go out of my way to pick specifically as a rookie. And you can make all the good arguments. like He won there this year. I mean, the dude clearly knows how to play that golf course. He, he has been on the incline ever since he won in Ireland two years ago. I just don't know if he was the right player. So I'm not as passionate about the Shane Lowry pick because I think, to your point, this really isn't about picking the best player. It's about trying to create the best team, and I think Shane Lowry was probably that guy this time around.
1: Yeah, look, Shane does not have a a top ten anywhere in the world since February. He was clearly out of form. You mentioned the slide in the world rankings. You mentioned the slide in uh, his – in fact, he did participate in the FedEx Cup playoffs. I actually don't think the last pick was down to a a Lowry or a Moronk. I I think for for reasons outside of current form, just like JT, Lowry is going to be on that team even though he has – limited Ryder Cup appearances. Uh, the, the only one that he's played in was Whistling Straits two years ago. I think it was between Nikolai Hogard and Adrian Moronk as that final pick. Very similar profile. I mean, Hogard is younger, obviously. He's 22. He has two European tour wins. Uh, just like Moronk, he has a great history at Marco Simone. Nikolai Hogard won there in 2021. Adrian Moronk won there this past year. Um, I, I don't, like you, I don't I feel, feel as... As as strongly about it as the J.T. Keegan Lucas Glover discussion. Adrian Morong, this is this is a different this is a difficult one. We're going to get into it uh, with the Golf Today hit that we're doing on Wednesday. Adrian Morong had three National Open wins in the past year and a half, but he hasn't seized the moment this summer. I think after he won at Marco Simone earlier this spring, it seemed like a slam dunk that he was going to be on that team. And yet he has just a single top 10 over the summer. Ludwig Aberg was a player who came out of college out of Texas Tech with a lot of hype, and then he justified it, both in the PGA Tour and then his past two starts going fourth, and then he won the European Masters last week to get his spot on the team. He sees the moment when Adrian Moronk just couldn't quite deliver, he couldn't quite leapfrog Bob McIntyre. He actually finished sixth uh, on the points list, even behind Yannick Paul. Uh, and so he he was just he was just a start or two shy. I, I do feel poorly for him because obviously he played phenomenally well uh, and was clearly the thirteenth man. And if you know if there is an injury, uh, you would think he would get called up to the squad over the next couple of weeks. But he just didn't quite do enough this summer to to, to warrant a spot. And so I think it, I think he was justified in picking in picking Nikolai Hogarth.
0: And I think if this is two years from now, when we're back on the, in the United States, when we're back at Beth Page Black, which is a big ballpark, it would be perfect for him. I would argue that he probably should have been the first of the six captains picks because he fits that style of play, but he is very much an American style player. And I, my understanding is Marco Simone's not going to be set up that way. I will give you full credit when I was kind of going over the list. And, and I knew that the way this was angling with your boy, Aberg, he was going to be a pick. And he is the kind of guy that you would have aggravated me to death about probably four years ago, probably four years ago, it was Will Zellatoris who you were making a pitch that, oh, he should be a pick. And I was rolling my eyes and telling you, you're not paying attention. Like you're not reading the room. You can't pull a kid straight out of college and put him in that, that pressure cooker. That is not a recipe for success. It would be like a number one draft pick immediately. He doesn't even get a preseason game. Doesn't even get to practice. Then you just send him straight to the Super Bowl and plop him down and tell him, okay, do your thing. Make your magic. Come on now. And I think that's what this situation is going to be. And look, he's a wildly talented player. He should definitely be on this team. But making that transition and having one on the European tour is certainly going to help. But I don't think anything can come prepare a young player for what he's going to face in Rome.
1: I mean, it's completely unprecedented, the fact that Ludwig A. has never played in a major championship, and yet he's going to be playing in Golf Super Bowl. Likely, I would think, alongside Roy McIlroy, in those matches with the amount of tension that Rory's going to draw, especially after his performance two years ago at whistling Straits, where he's ended up getting benched. and He was crying uh, after Sunday singles. Like there's going to be so much focus on Rory as the clear leader of that squad. And then you pair him with this uber talented player. Uh, I think that's going to be fascinated to watch if it does come to fruition. I, I'm glad you mentioned like, a guy that I've been high on because if you go back to there April 25th in our prospect draft, I did make a little bit of a prediction. Let's listen to that. Thanks, Jason Gold, for cutting this up for us. Here's a hot take: It would not actually surprise me if Ludwig Aberg is on the 2023 European Ryder Cup team. I think when I think when he
0: turns this year's Ryder
1: Cup team, this one, the one that's being played in like five months. Oh, he will clip turn that. pro. He will turn pro in a month's in a month's time. I think he could go out there and rip off a win or two. Do you think Luke European Donald knows who Ludwig Aberg is? If he's doing if he's doing his job, he should know who Ludwig Aberg is. Yes, okay. it would not surprise me if Ludwig Aberg is on that European Ryder Cup team. It's unlikely, but he has the talent, he has the pedigree that he could rip off a win or two once college is behind him, and he can focus uh, wholeheartedly uh, on his pro game. I like Ludwig Aberg. Thrilled to get him at number two. So, so Rex, my favorite part of that is 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 two things. First. You saying quite literally, quote, we need to clip that. Well, fortunately, thanks to Jason Gold and our video production team, we were able to do just that. And so I was able to dunk on you. Secondly, you questioned on April 25th, do you think Luke Donald knows who Ludwig Aberg is? I answered that. If he's doing his job, yes, he does. Yes, he did. Played together in Detroit. Was wildly impressed. And then we all saw what he did. It's around 64 to win the European Masters and get on that team. This is a, a player who was obviously talked about wildly in college and amateur golf and all he's done on the PGA tour. I, I know the weekends, the weekends of the PGA tour have not been great, but he flashed so much promise, so much potential. Had he had enough rounds to qualify, he would have been a top 20 ball striker on the PGA tour in courses he's never seen before in his life. Uh, it is, it's remarkable to, to think of how far we've been able to come in a, a player who does not have much of a pro pedigree now being thrust into this cauldron
0: it's it's amazing uh jason gold the uh, commissioner of our other fantasy league meet me on camera one because i got a bone to pick i don't know what the sound was the magic of the way we're going to edit this is you're going to throw the sound in after the yes, podcast so i have part. no idea what i may have said or what it I makes it say. makes you sound it
1: makes you sound dismissive it makes you sound unintelligent oh, wow. it makes I, you I like sound it. short-sighted and it makes me seem oh. prophetic and i, and I want to
0: say look I, I was not the you only said one unprecedented by, by definition yes. i, I should have been dismissive because it's unprecedented that's the whole point i mean it
1: is unprecedented there's no doubt about okay. it but he's he's that special right. of a player and i and i knew there was going to be this changing of the guard with the European team. Think back to Rex think back to think about the dialogue. Think about the dialogue Adibate. we had at, at Whistling Straits, right? Like it was the it was the worst dismantling in the history of the Ryder Cup. We thought Europe was toast for the next decade plus. I think that conversation has changed a lot over these over these past two years. And I think it's largely because of these young players who have come in, like Ludwig Aberg, like Victor Hovland, who's just turned 26 in a couple of weeks' time, like Nikolai Hogarth who's actually younger then Ludwig Gabriel, and he'll be making his Ryder Cup debut here. So I, I think I always knew there was going to be potential at that back end for players to assert themselves. Did I think honestly that it was going to be Ludwig Gabriel? Maybe, but I, I think maybe the, now this, this, the, the situation was ripe for a player like him to, to step to step to the forefront.
0: Oh, we touched on this last week. I think this is going to be a transformative year for the Ryder Cup team, win or loss. Uh, I don't know that either way it's going to play out. It's going to be a step in a new direction. And it has to be. They didn't have a choice on this matter. Liv Goffs essentially gutted their team. And we can go back to the idea that with Sergio Garcia made it onto this team? Maybe, probably. He probably would end up being a pick. But Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, uh, probably not. Stenson was going to be the captain. I would put even though Paul Casey into that conversation they probably weren't going to be on the team. So one way or the other, with or without Liv Goff, the European side was going to have to move on. It, I think it was much more dramatic than they probably wanted it to be. Keep in mind, Luke Donald only had the job for half the official time because of everything that happened with Henrik Stenson being removed from captain. So it certainly is a different Ryder Cup. And you're right, when you look at that team, and again, we're probably going to get into this over the next couple of weeks because we've got some time to go before we get on a plane to go to Rome. In my mind, I'm still having a hard time at least coming up with the number that I would say, okay, this team is favored by plus whatever. And neither one of us are very good at this. So please don't take gambling. Please don't, please don't make don't, us. Don't, yeah. Don't make us do this. Cause we're really, really bad at it. I will, I will go on to say though, I'm having a hard time in my mind, sort of working this out in my own head. Because the Americans, at least on paper, should be the favorite team. If you look at their world ranking, if you look at their records, if you look at what they've done in the major championships, if you look at what they did in the last Ryder Cup. But there's a lot about this European team that you have to like. And Aberg is right there at top of the list. Again, couldn't hear the sound. Also would like to go back and listen to the entire episode. Because my guess is I couched it a little bit like I normally do and would have said, well, I mean, if he comes out and he probably turns it on, then, then maybe based on where we are in the world right now. So Thanks a lot for that, Jason. Appreciate your help.
1: No. In fact, this was not even the clip in which you said, you know what bothers me? This is a direct quote. You know what bothers me about him? He doesn't win enough. In his career, he's won four times in college. That's not enough for me. Sorry. All he did, Rex, after we record that, and again, we record that on April 25th, he won the Big 12. Okay. He won won regionals. Uh, He got the number one spot in PGA Tour U. And then Again, that sounds like, like some European
0: revisionist team. stuff. I mean, you're, nope. you're kind nope. of going back here. At the time, he had four victories, right?
1: Yes. At the time, nope. he had four victories, and you said he has not won enough. Apparently, he was listening because it spurred him on uh, to unprecedented heights. Now into the top 100 I, in the world ranking and yeah. a part of the European Ryder Cup team. Rex, I am, I am curious. Now that the teams are completely finalized, has anything changed? Or, you, you know, when you look at the entire complexion now of the European team, do you have more questions about them than the Americans? Do you, do you still feel like they're an incredibly dangerous underdog, as I happen to believe? What are your, what are your thoughts now that the team's you know, completely finalized?
0: I don't know that they are an underdog. And I guess you said dangerous, so I guess it could go either way on that. Uh, sneaky underdog would be another way of saying it. Uh, I would say that the Europeans team definitely has more questions for no other reason than we have no idea what Averb's going to do when he shows up. Again, he could go 5-0. and oh, But here's a guy that's never played in a major championship before. And he's clearly a talented player, clearly deserves this spot on the team. But he is such an unknown commodity. The only thing any player that you talk to about playing in a Ryder Cup can possibly even compare it to is being in contention on Sunday at a major. He's never done that. He's never even been around that. So I think that's going to be a big question. Seb Straka, he's going to be a rookie. He's got four rookies on that team. I mean, you kind of know what Tommy Fleetwood's going to give you. You kind of know what uh, a Shane Lowry is going to give you if he finds a way to sort of play his way out of it. But I definitely think there's more question marks for the European side.
1: Uh, I think there are way more question marks when it comes to the European side. And it's, Mm. it's, it's obvious at this point that Europe has to run Rory, Rahm, Hovland, Mm. Fleetwood, and probably Matt Fitzpatrick. I know his, uh, Ryder Cup record is not good. I don't think he's even won a, a match. Not good. Fully, yeah, poor. That's
0: kind, not good. It's kind. Okay,
1: poorly. But he has certainly come on in the last couple of weeks, uh, playing uh, once again in uh, next week at the BMW PGA. Nearly won uh, the European Masters. Uh, played played fine during the FedEx Cup playoffs as well. And so, like all those guys that I just mentioned, are going to have to play five matches. They're going to have to play exceedingly well. They're going to have to have winning records. They 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 need their dogs to go four and one quite simply because sep straka he could go out there and play phenomenally well as we saw him do at the john deard classic as we saw him do at the open championship as we saw him do at times at east lake or he could be the player uh who appeared listless for much of 2023 bobby mack when it comes to data golf which is a different ranking system the official world golf ranking like he is by far the biggest weakness on either squad he's 129th in data golf rankings. And JT was the next highest at, at 59. And so, you know, he, he popped up at the right time. He dedicated himself fully to the European tour. And that's why he was an automatic qualifier. We look at the quality of his year. It has not been up to snuff. Ludwig is a complete unknown. Hogard, a complete unknown. Lowry, we've talked about his form. Uh, Justin Rose, y- you know, getting up there as an elder statesman on the team hat and could blow a gasket. Like, there are, there are so many unknowns. And, and that's not to say... The Americans, Americans are, have plenty of are, smarts, are, yeah. are sure thing either. Like, who's going to putt for Scottie Scheffler? What are Wyndham Clark and Brian Harman both major champions in 2023? What are they going to do uh, when they're playing in their first Ryder Cup team? Who's going to swing the club for, club for JT? <laughs> He's going to be fine. Great pick, loved it. Fine, he says. Great, great, great locker room presence. Uh, yeah. I, I, but like the, the European side, I could, I could actually see it going two ways. Like I could see them being absolutely dominant. Behind the Roy's, the Roms, and the Hovlands, and the and the, hmm. the Fleetwoods, and the Fitzpatrick's, like just blowing the Americans out of the water and using the home course advantage and winning, you know, convincingly three, four, five points. Or I could see the big dogs kind of crumbling under the weight of expectation and the pressure and the Americans. I know it wouldn't technically be an upset according to the odds makers, but look, they haven't done it in in thirty years. Like you still have to do it, uh, so it wouldn't surprise me. At all. But now, now seeing like the full 12 there, uh, I think, I, I think Luke Donald has to be really, really calculated with his pairings and how much certain players play. I think, I think it's going to be very interesting.
0: To your point, this feels a lot like one of those 1990s European teams where you probably had four or five dominant players that could go head-to-head with the Americans at the time. And keep in, keep in mind where we were in golf at that, that moment in time. This feels a lot like that. And you're right. You're going to have to – they're going to have to get a lot of production out of the Rory's and the John Roms and even the Tommy Fleetwoods. Like, the veterans are going to have to step up. And by and large, historically, they have. Like, the European team, we, we, we do this every two years. And we have all these questions and we don't know what the team's going to look like. And well, this guy isn't playing his best. And then somehow they show up at the Ryder Cup and it's like they all turned into Tiger Woods in 1999. It's an amazing transformation that they go through. This is such a different year because of everything that Live Golf sort of threw on the doormat. Like suddenly you had a captain that only had sort of half the amount of time to prepare. I only had half the amount of time to get his team ready, to get the golf course ready, to get whatever's in that magic blueprint book of theirs that they pass down from captain to captain. So there are a lot of question marks, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure that the Europeans shouldn't be the favorites just based on one simple fact. Like if you're going to look at anything else, 30 years, three damn decades, it's been since the United States has won overseas. It's really, really hard. If your discretion advised uh,
1: Rex, using a curse word.
0: You want, you want some afterward? <laughs> Take care of that one, Jason. Three damn decades.
1: This is the it's this is the greatest event. It's not my favorite event to cover. Uh, you know, it's it's condensed. There's a lot of people. Not your uh, you favorite get, event to cover. You don't you don't get you don't get players by themselves. Like I think it, I think it's difficult to cover the Masters. is difficult uh, for its own reason. For some reason, the Open Championship and some of the obstacles the RNA uh, presents is difficult to cover as well. But it this is this is the greatest event because as soon as the Ryder Cup ends, then you have like at least a couple weeks of fallout. Next year, you could start projecting, like, who's going to be on the squad at Beth Page Black. We've been talking about the Ryder Cup on this podcast for the last several months. We still have four weeks to go before a ball is actually uh, in the air in Rome. It's just it's, – it's, it's ratings gold. It's content gold. I can't get enough of it. The, even the Masters, which I think a lot of people uh, perceive as, like, the pinnacle of the sport, it does not provide the preview and post-game content well, like the Ryder Cup does. We are eternally grateful because it is a fantastic event.
0: Well, and we always have this conversation around this time of year. So we start looking for year-ending content. We're talking about, all right, best tournament, best shot, head, best play, whatever the case may be. And you always kind of have to pump the brakes because it's probably going to come from the Ryder Cup. And there's been plenty of really, really cool moments this year, but you get in that environment. And inevitably, someone on either side and have no idea who it's going to be this year stands out. Like you go back to Paris and you just remember what – Molinari and, and Tommy Fleetwood were able to do. I mean, it was just a magical week for those two, and someone else will have the same week.
1: Bryson, remember Whistling Straits, driving yeah. the first green, kind of had a, a redemptive year or a re- redemptive week after what was a very contemptuous year uh, for uh kind like Shambo in 2021. Yeah, exactly like us. Rex, I have not heard any drilling. I've not heard any pounding. I've not heard any uh, bulldozing in the backyard. Last we talked, you were unable to do podcast record outside because your pool deck is being uh, redone what's the latest as we stand
0: here september 5th and football season just two days two days away so john who's finishing up the deck today as we speak uh and you'll probably hear him back there at some point uh john's very very nice i've had a chance to get to know him over the last three weeks as he's trying to get the deck at the pool a one-way job for a one-week job, we're we're well into three weeks now. I, I will say though, and this is this is such a bad thing for to admit. So I see John this morning, and I offer him a cup of coffee, and I'm standing on the pool deck, and we're talking about you know how long this is going to take. And John finally turns to me and he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm a big fan." And I like still, stared at him for a good thirty seconds, and I go, "Of what? <laughs> <laughs> of the pod? Of your <laughs>
1: of your of your TV of your TV appearances?" He threw it your, all out there. Of your, of your started, column
0: writing? He started just rat-tat-tatting. I like your writing. I like you on TV. Love the podcast with you and laugh. It never even dawned on me that this man, who I've known now for three weeks, and he's worked really, really hard, and it's, it's, it's hot as the sun down here in Florida, and just hits me right across the face on the very last day with, hey, big fan. And my response was, of what?
1: John, for the love of God, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast while, while you're resurfacing this pool, the, we end every single podcast – with the What's on the grill segment. He loves it. And Rex he has lawn it. furniture in the yard. Ooh, he can not good. He, During the he, storm. During the storm. He can't use yes. his grills. Football season is upon us. We're actually launching a new pot adjacent, which will be can a couple weeks. Can we talk weeks. about this? Oh, we I can. After the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup. This is still in development. But we've got a couple weeks to figure it out. It's going to be called Fall Ball. We'll be talking a little bit of golf because, yes, there's still uh, six PGA Tour events following the Ryder Cup. But we'll be getting into – everything else we'd like to talk about grilling football, fancy football, assorted yeah. nonsense. It'll be a, it'll be a mini pot. It'll be 15, 20 minutes. We'll be doing them in our respective outdoor kitchens. And John, I kind of need you to wrap this up. It's been three weeks. Yeah. Need you. Rex is paying Tiny you good in. money, presumably uh, to Tiny finish in. this. And this is we're in the content business. I need this content. So please do it. So I can't even ask you Rex for the first week of the NFL season, our fancy football draft is on Wednesday, despite having just two wide receiver slots, which is insane. Um, do you have anything on the grill for the first week of the NFL season?
0: Oh, yeah. It'll be Thursday night for, for the opening game we're going to do. I've already uh, – Bunkmate is out of town. She's actually going into Lake Oconee. to spend some time with the cousins up there. Wow. Her, that's right. You, you two are trading places. I don't know if she's staying anywhere close to the Taj Mahal that you seem to stay at when you're up there. So it'll just be me and the boys on Wednesday and Thursday night for the draft and then the first night. So I'm going to do, and this is something that the boys love. It's just, it's a little tricky because uh, you got to, when you're dealing with skirt steak and I I love doing Mm. skirt skirt steak tacos and like I make my own salsa verde and and it's really, really good. But man, you've got to be so careful with that because if you, you can overcook it so easily. Uh,
1: You really can. It cooks quickly. Uh, Most important advice I always give on skirt steak, a marinate and B you have to cut across the grain or that will taste like shoe leather. Uh, About 30 seconds after you cut it. Cut across the grain. Very, very. Not with the grain.
0: Across the grain.
1: Across the grain. There you go. Make sure those uh, meat fibers are nice and tender. Uh, Wednesday is typically pickleball night for me. So I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to be a little bit creative uh, when it comes to draft. When it comes to pickleball. When it comes to making dinner. We will be opening up the outdoor kitchen uh, for the Thursday night Chiefs-Lions game. I have a couple uh, players. I'm on Raw St. Brown. Needs you to go hard for me on Thursday night. Uh, and then, Rex, uh, my daughter's birthday is on Saturday. So we're having a disco party. She's two years old. Uh, absolutely nice. loves to dance. So we're having a disco party at the house. And then Saturday, this is actually golf theme. We're doing on her actual birthday. She doesn't know this because she doesn't have an internal calendar, of course. We are doing a Nocatee pub crawl. You've been to Nocatee. There's about 10 bars or restaurants all within, all within golf cart driving distance. You can walk to them if things get a little bit too sloppy. I'm not sure if you've ever seen this, uh, but we have a little bit of inspiration uh, from what we saw at a bar. And so you're going to be wearing like a scorecard uh, on like a land, like, like an RPG tour credential. It's going to be dangling. We're going to be giving pencils. We have this. Oh, no, we've done that before. Okay, we've done this. Oh, yeah. So each bar is designated a certain – a uh, par so like a trailer park which is down the street i think you and i actually went there for a drink uh, previously mm-hmm. that'll be like a par four which is a, a mixed drink a par five is a shot a par three is a bar is a beer or a seltzer so each bar in the area is designated that par you can do whatever you want if you want to if you want to make an eagle you can take two shots if you want to uh, get a hole in one uh you can shotgun a beer Whatever the case may be, it is going to be insanely sloppy on Saturday. Then, of Ooh. course, culminating with the Alabama Texas game uh, live on ESPN. Uh, Ricky Johnson, uh, your friend and mine, uh, is a huge Bama guy. And so, uh, hopefully, we'll be in a state where we can actually watch it. Uh, if not, I will be reporting back next week with what I actually shot during this seven hole golf course. If you vomit, if you vomit, that's a double is, No, it's a plus 10. It's going to be tough to recover from that. Yeah, uh we do have know. a lot of we do have a lot of females in this traveling pack. I think we have like 20 25 people coming. Uh about half of them obviously are females because it are, is part of a family. Uh, I'm hoping that there's a lot of WDs, a lot of DQs. If you don't finish your drink, uh it's like a double bogey. It's a whole it's a whole rule situation. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then on Sunday we're just going to be laying on the couch because we'll be in, incapacitated. Recovering.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would go Nick Fowlow if I were you. I I think 18 par's <laughs> wins it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a that's a that's actually that's actually a great call
1: pace yourself you have i'm i'm assuming i'm assuming you have to ask bunk who is a much more experienced drinker than you are I, i'm assuming during these things you have to drink at least one glass of water per stop or you're just going to be you're going to be in really
0: rough shape just mix oh it probably up. yeah i mean And again, it depends. This is Florida, so it's a million degrees outside. So there's a lot of reasons for you to drink water. But, yes, if you want to be able to maintain – for and you said there's 22 bars? No, no, no. It's a seven-hole course. Okay, okay. Seven-hole course, yeah.
1: Oh, wow. We'll be putting putting in the bar uh, to try and get uh, strokes saved. I'm assuming something around two or three under is going to win. Like this is a classic U.S. Open golf course where, you know, two or three under. We're trying to protect par here. It's definitely going to get a little,
0: a little dicey uh, if you if you miss the fairway. Go Nick oh, Rada. Yeah, go bet. Nick Falda. Eighteen pars wins it. Uh, we have done that before, but we did a scavenger hunt. I think we did it last year for one of our friends' birthday, where everyone had to wear the card around their neck, and you kind of just went. It was in Sanford, which is kind of close to where we live, and we did one of those. And it can, uh, yeah, go for pars because it gets messy really quick.
1: yep. Yeah, yep yeah. uh, Bar call starts at three. Uh, we'll be taking pictures probably up until five or six o'clock. So happy to share those. Uh, with you Ooh, and I'm anything else it. on snappy chat. Perhaps this is a visual medium. We'll see how it goes uh, and we'll keep you apprised of what my score is. All right, that's going to do it for this edition golf channel podcast with Rex and lab. Just a reminder: go to golf channel.com Excuse me. NBC sports.com slash golf mm-hmm. for all the latest news notes, features podcast. Make sure you check out Rex and myself on golf today. We'll be debating Keegan Bradley, Adrian Ronk, who had the bigger snub, when it comes to the Ryder Cup, and stay tuned in a couple weeks' time. Fallball presented by the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav coming to Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast, coming soon. Life is a highway.